it's it's sort of a, a mecca for high performance sports. I mean, you've got arguably the best football team in the world here, Barca. Uh, you've got such a huge tennis scene that has produced all of these top players. Um, the thing I said about climate does actually come into the picture with sports as well, because you've got this perfect weather to be outside training on the court or on, on the soccer field or whatever, pretty much year round. Hi everyone and welcome back to the Sporting Global Podcast and today I'm here with Kyle and Kyle first of all how's uh, the heat in Barcelona these days and uh, how are you doing? Well I'm doing great and the heat has been pretty miserable for Barcelona standards right uh, these last couple of weeks right. but I'm, I'm originally from Austin Texas so I'm used to really sweating through it and, yeah. and I can't complain personally uh, about the heat. Today you actually caught us on a very rare, cloudy, rainy day in Barcelona. One of the reasons I love living here is for yeah. the, the perfect sunshine weather. So um, you can see I got my raincoat back there and everything. That's that's pretty rare in, in Barcelona, but everything's fine. I don't even think I brought my raincoat over to, to Lisbon. You know, <laughs> but Lisbon, it rains there a whole lot more than Barcelona. I, I guess it does, but you know, it's it's not really rain, rain though. You know, for us Scandinavians. Yeah, yeah. I we'll see. But uh, you know, at the end of the day, like I mean, like I'm gonna be here most of the summer anyway. So as far as I understand, a lot of the raining is kind of over. So you know, I think it's pretty good. But I mean, like you're from Texas though, so you're kind of like used to the heat heat anyways i guess in a sense but first of yeah. all you know thanks thanks for taking the time and uh, you know we it's going to be a pleasure having you you know talk a little bit about your experience a little bit about you know your journey what you're doing at all this you know prep academy stuff in barcelona all this all this good stuff but uh first and foremost you know just just take us a little bit true i guess your your journey you know going into the you know sports education sector uh you know kind of like take us a little bit through your to your background. Okay. Um, thanks. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate you, you making the time to talk to me as well. Um, believe it or not, I don't have a strong sports background. I know it's it's hard to tell through the video call, but I'm, I'm a really skinny, scrawny guy yeah. uh, who wasn't very good at sports in high school. And, and you were more likely to see me, you know, on the debate team or doing something more academically oriented than, yeah. than, than you know, shooting hoops on the basketball court or whatever. Right. Um, so my journey here is all through the education side, right? Mm. And it was only later that I would develop this deeper understanding of the sports world and all of that. Um, and it's because I'm working with ASA Prep Academy. ASA um, has a lot of, of student athletes. We're not a school that's just for student athletes, but we do have an academic model that works very well for them. Yeah. So, um, you know, I came in through the education side and through contacts with all of our student athletes. I've learned a little bit more about uh, the sports world, but still don't, don't quiz me on anything 
too sports related or, or uh, I'll be embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> no, no worries. And I mean, like, it's, it's quite interesting. And I guess I, it takes a little bit, I guess, how you're, uh, how you ended up in Barcelona. I'm mean, like, that's just doesn't happen, <laughs> sure. <laughs> happen overnight. Sure. Um, well, let me tell you a little bit about my, my personal story then. I, um, I'm from Austin, Texas, and uh, joined ASA in 2010 as a uh, part-time Spanish teacher. But I, I loved the organization and would stay there over the years. And in 2015, uh, the owners of ASA offered me the opportunity to come here to Barcelona and, uh, and set up a school here. And... I've been here for going on seven years now. I, I love the city. Um, I love what I do. And we have, uh, well, there, there are two ASA schools uh, that, I'm, that I'm running these days. Yeah. And I'm happy to tell you all, all about that too. Awesome. But that's, awesome. How, that's how I ended up here. That, I'm like, it's a, it's a cool story though. I mean, you wouldn't think like, you know, suddenly there's an American in Barcelona. You know? <laughs> Yeah, usually, usually I've got my cowboy boots on, and I would show you. But you know, like uh, where's the cowboy boots and hats? <laughs> no, um, like, the hat, the hats are a bit much, but usually I do wear the boots. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, I just didn't wear them today because everything's all muddy, and I don't right. my nice boots. <laughs> I, I, I'm like, yeah, I'm mean, like, there's some quality boots though. To be fair, you know, just like. Yeah as well but i don't mean, like it is like quite a tradition like wearing has but i guess like not i guess it's in certain areas of texas or is there anything like that in austin too just out of curiosity i guess anything like what i'm sorry I'm in terms of uh, the the hats it's a pretty, oh yeah oh yeah that's that's still a big thing and and you know um it's not to say that we're all real cowboys yeah, yeah. or out on no, sure. out on the ranch or whatever <laughs> Uh, but it is uh, emblematic of Texas culture. In fact, if you go to the Capitol building in Austin, Texas, uh, you will not see anyone there without cowboy boots on. And if they are, they're, they're not from Texas. So we still wear the hats, we wear the boots, um, even though, you know, it's not the Wild West, right? Like percent of texas i would guess is is urban and suburban living living in and around cities so. yeah but, yeah. but texas texas life. is a nice i mean like i haven't been there personally but i mean like obviously one of the big things if you were talking back to like a little bit of the sports side obviously you know college sports college football and it's a it's a big oh, yeah. big thing in texas so I'm, I'm sure you even though you weren't like the most you know active on the field i'm sure you've been to like some there you go yeah i got i got my texas longhorns right here i, I went to ut for for grad school and like you're saying it's it's big football american football in texas in general is is huge and uh austin doesn't have you know um a whole lot of professional teams so yeah. we really focus on UT, you know, college ball, right? right. Especially football and basketball; those are the the big ones. And, and Dude, we we celebrate. You're you're pretty big at it too, though. Like when it comes to oh. college, college football. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It's it's a lifestyle. I mean, it, it, we do tailgating before our, you know, especially before the college football matches. Yeah. Like where you, you drive up your big truck, you've got a barbecue smoker and you're out there grilling and having fun with your friends all day. And 
and we make an event out of it. It's not just you know the game itself. Yeah, that's that's awesome. And I mean, like yeah, if we're speeding a little bit back to Barcelona, obviously you now you're the director at the ASA Prep Academy at Barcelona, and I guess uh, talk a little bit about some of your you know key responsibilities and tasks that you do in your that you do in your role now. Sure. Um, like you said, I'm the director of AC Prep Academy of Barcelona. That's our brick and mortar campus here in the city and where I'm talking to you from today. Um, I also manage our online school, AC Prep International. Yep. Um, and, you know, it's, it's a funny question. And I think if you asked anyone from a small school, you would get a similar answer that we wear a lot of hats, right? Yeah. And you're in a small school. And this is true for all of the faculty and staff as well. Everybody pitches in and, and does a little bit. Most of my day-to-day -day is focused on big picture administrative things. And that could be anything from, you know, balancing our budget and accounting and contracts and uh, all that fun stuff to uh, business development and, and working on, you know, marketing or creating relationships with other academies or schools that we could partner with. Um, but you, you, people wouldn't be surprised to maybe see me down in the garden one day, putting together an Ikea table or whatever, <laughs> like changing the, the ink cartridges in our printer. There's no task too big or small for me. So, um, yeah. it's a, it's a mixed bag. And especially with the two different schools, they have different, uh, set of needs and, right. uh, that, that means I have to do all kinds of different things at, at the same time. And it's often a juggling act. Right. Uh, it's part of part of the game. You know, it's part of like just being, uh, you know, adaptable and flexible. And I think it's good for people to understand too. It's in a lot of, and especially relating to sports. I mean, like you have to wear, you know, multiple hats often. I mean, like even in education too, it's uh, not, not major, you know, businesses or organizations, although, you know, of course, some are but uh, it's important to you know have that understanding of how the industry works and uh, and uh, when it comes to you know the the, the prep academy is uh, itself like tell us a little bit more about it um like who is it targeted towards and talk a little bit about why this is sort of like a great option for for lead and student athletes you mentioned a little bit about it in the beginning but kind of like you know a little bit more in depth Sure, of course. And all that, I promise I'm going to keep it short and sweet, but I, I've got to start from the very beginning with this, with this question. Um, just so you have our background and context and everything and understand where we're coming from at ASA, and, and then I can tell you a little bit more about what the picture looks like sure. today, but it's, it's very important to understand the start. So um, we got started in Austin, Texas by Rick and Barbara Garces, husband and wife, who founded the school in 2009. Now, Rick and Barbara um, have two twin boys that uh, grew up playing tennis. They're, they're very much a tennis family. In fact, they still play like father and son tournaments yeah. and everything from time to time. Um, but anyways, the boys got very serious about tennis when when they were around 13 14 years old and when i say very serious i mean that they started training four or five hours a day on the court in the gym they would have to travel for tournaments sometimes out of state or out of the country right yep. and 
when you're that committed to your sport or whatever passion, you know it starts to get challenging to balance all the rest of life alongside it, right? Yeah. So ours is found themselves in this predicament where on the one hand, they want to support the boys and their passion for tennis. On the other hand, they said, you're going to go to university. You're going to get a good education. This is not negotiable, right? Right, right. So probably some of your listeners too uh, can relate to this story, right? I would assume. I would assume. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, or, or, or if they're young athletes themselves, it can be very challenging to, to be competitive in today's athletic world and yeah. get good grades in school and, and go on to university. So um, Barbara's the education veteran. She's worked in the sector for over 40 years, and uh, she looked around for schools that could offer two things at the same time. One, flexibility so the boys can keep training and competing, and two, quality, so that they're getting a good education that's going to actually prepare them for success at the university level. Right. Um, what she found at the time is that that didn't exist, and uh, you know, bringing all of that knowledge and expertise from, from her experience in the education world, she said, look, I'm just going to do it myself. I'm going to start ASA. That was in 2000. She knew other families in the tennis world that were stuck in the same predicament. Um, And and that's that's how Asa got started. The way that we accomplish that goal of of meeting both flexibility and quality is by, uh, man, I'm just giving away all the secrets. No, I'm kidding. Uh, It's by keeping our classes really small on purpose. Um, and when I say really small, I'm, I mean, you know, a big class at ASA might have eight or nine kids in it. And, and yep. a small class at ASA might have one or two. Um, right. This is very, sorry, what? Right. No worries. Oh, yeah. Um, so, so this model allows us to give a lot of personalized attention and support because even if you're, the best teacher in the world. If I put you in a classroom with 30 students and you might have five or six of those a day, you just don't have enough bandwidth to provide that same level of attention and support. So right. that's what sets us apart from, from most schools and what makes yeah. us special. Um, I will feel like I should point out that we're not just a school for, for athletes only. Uh, we'll take we'll take academics. We, we have performing artists. Austin's a big music city. We've got a few ballet dancers here. Um, so so yeah. Whatever our philosophy is, whatever you're passionate about, you shouldn't have to choose between your passion and getting a good education. We want yeah. you to be able to have both at, at ASA. So that's how we got started, and and our story. Um, Again, it will probably relate with some listeners, whether they're young athletes or parents of young athletes. Um, And and what we're doing today, I touched uh, on this a little bit with with my personal story, right? So I would join in the second school year. And um, in 2015, through the tennis world, everything happens through the tennis world. (laughs) Through the tennis world, the Garzas met the owner of 
SA International Business School. Which right. You're working with them, and, and I, I met you here on our campus, right? And so they met, fun, you know? Yeah, they met Jordy um, through the tennis world. He's a he's a former tennis pro, and they were explaining to him what ASA is and what it's all about in Austin. And he said, "You guys, you have got to come to Barcelona. We have all of these international students pouring in from around the world." to train, especially with football and, and tennis, yeah. um, you know, and, and, and a lot of these kids, they want a school program that's in English. Almost all of them are kind of looking towards the U.S. for the next step so they can get a scholarship to yeah. a university, continue their sports there and everything. Right. Um, so it makes sense. And it made sense to the Garza's, enough sense at least for them to – to offer the role to me and and they sent me out here in, in 2015. Um, like I said before, the first thing we did was set up Ace Prep International, our online school, get that accredited, approved by yep. the NCAA and all that. Right. Then I started a blended learning program uh, mm-hmm. in 2016 where students enrolled in our online school would come to campus, receive mm-hmm. um, face-to-face instruction in a traditional classroom setting. Right. Help them through that, that those online studies. Yeah. And then that would grow and evolve over the years until it eventually became ASA Prep Academy of Barcelona, which we got accredited in June 2020. June 2020. So now we've got the three ASA schools. There's the original, what I call the flagship campus in, in Austin. Um, and then Ace Prep Academy of Barcelona and Ace Prep International, which is online. There you go. So this is a lot of options, and uh, I'm like, I think you already covered or touched a little bit upon the SE, uh, you know, relationship that you guys have and how that works, which is obviously, you know, a great way to kind of like supplement and work together in, in you know, the tennis world. I guess like that kind of like how you guys met there too, but. Speaking a little bit about, you know, being based in Barcelona, I'm mean, like, you've been there now for like seven years. And if you wanted to like talk a little bit about like, you know, some of the key benefits, but also some of the challenges, I guess, these, you know, students needs to keep in mind before kind of like making that, making that decision. What are some of the things that, you know, you would, you would, you would highlight for them? Sure. Can I start with the benefits? I feel like that one's yeah, easier. Yeah, 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 yeah. Go for it. <laughs> There's the obvious stuff that we all know if you've been to Barcelona, right? The, the beautiful weather, you've got mountains and beaches, friendly people, good food. I mean, I could go on and on about the city, but I feel like pretty much everyone understands that this is a desirable place to be and hopefully they can make it through here. All of your listeners, I hope they can make it through here at least once in life. It's a wonderful, wonderful city and good place to be. Um, I think specific to the sports world, um, it's it's sort of a a mecca for high performance sports. I mean, you've got arguably the best football team in the world here, Barca. Uh, You've got such a huge tennis scene that has produced all of these top players. the thing I said about climate does actually come into the picture with sports as well, because you've got this perfect weather to be outside training on the court or on, on the soccer field or whatever, pretty much year round. Um, 
And it's created a culture um, and an industry around this. There are a lot of high performance academies around town. Uh, many of them we, we work with, right? They send us their, their high school age students. And kids come from all over the world because they know that they're going to get some of the best training here um, and that there's a lot of infrastructure and, and uh, support for high performance athletics. Um, so there's, those are the, the advantages of the obvious ones and, and the ones related to sports that are, are coming to my head right now. Yeah. Um, challenges is, is harder for me to answer that question. I think that um, the challenges are, are pretty generic to, you know, especially for these international students who are coming here, generic to picking up and, and living in a different place, a different country, far from yeah. home, far from mom and dad and your friends and your comfort zone, right? I know that both you and I can relate to that on a, on a personal level. Yeah. Um, but I think in the end, that is a challenge that manifests into an advantage when, when your story, when that part of the story is said and done, I say that because when you, especially at a young age, when you get out of your comfort zone, you grow up quickly, right? And I think when you have meaningful international experiences, it tends to open your mind and, and help you think differently. And, you know, you meet people from all over the world, you learn to celebrate your differences and simultaneously you learn that we're basically not that different after all <laughs> um yeah. so i think it it's a profoundly impactful experience for young people to go through that challenge and, and survive that challenge if you will. right makes them you know better better people in the long run i don't know i'm oversimplifying and using very generic terms but well, but uh, I mean, like, you know, at least you can you can relate to yeah. no but i think it's a it's an important point and i mean like it's definitely uh you know a challenge worth you know pursuing and coming across because you're gonna you know benefit and gain so much from it it's a great learning experience and you know especially at that early age too it's uh you know it's something that you will take with you for for the rest of your life and you know perhaps who knows maybe you'll do, do like Kyle and stay in Barcelona a few more actually. <laughs> you know, yeah, you yeah, know. yeah. That happens with our students sometimes. You know, they, yeah. they they have a change of plans, and some of them end up at at SA University because they're you know they're one of the the schools in in Europe that allows students to combine sports and and academics in a in a good way. Right. And if we want to like, you know, wrap up here a little bit and, and if you want to provide like some tips, you know, for any, you know, young athlete, you know, looking to take the next step and combine their athlete talent with their education, like, well, what, what would it be? What are some of the, you know, final, final, final remarks you want to hand out here? Oh, advice. This is a good question. And, and I can immediately think to common bits of advice that, that I give my students here. Um, but let me first start in, in, in general terms. Um, I know that 
often for young athletes, sports is the passion. It's what's going around in their brain all day long, right? But don't forget about the education. Um, as I often tell my students here, look, take the best case scenario. You're the next Messi or the next Nadal or whatever in your sport, right? Yep. Your knees are going to go out before your brain stops working. This is the, almost the scientific facts, right? Right. So I think that um, still in, in the U.S., universities are doing a great job at putting that option together where you can combine sports and, and uh, academics. And I think that that's a wonderful option for these uh, young student athletes because they can they can go on keep training they can always go pro after university in fact that's what almost every single professional athlete does yeah. um, and you can get most of your university studies paid for I mean some people even get the full ride uh, right. but considering how expensive university can be these days especially in the United States yeah it's an extremely lucrative proposition, right? If you're right. going to go to a university that's $70,000 a year and you can get a scholarship that pays for almost all of that over four years, that's yeah. not a bad deal, right? No. So um, I, I always encourage students to, to strike that balance and, and do their best at at, at sports, but also do their best at school. That's what's going to make you a, a well-rounded person. Right. Um, and that's that's the kind of advice that I would give students um, around high school age, right? Like 14 to 15. Or older than that, if you're if you're leaving university, if you're looking to enter the professional world, I would say join Sport and Global because <laughs> that is the that you know that I'm, I'm being serious you guys yeah. have a wonderful network that can help connect people in the sports world there's a lot of opportunities out there even if you're not going to be the star on the field yeah to continue working in in the sports industry and and have these these good careers um so so i I'm not kidding at all. I, I, I'm, I'm excited to tell all of my students about Sporting Global and, and get them signed up and on the platform because many of them do want to pursue uh, a career in in sports industry. Sure, and it, it's something that that kind of like natural happens too. And talk about like you know just start a little bit early. You know, it's like just preparing yourself. You know, because in, in most case, cases, also like the majority of the ones that are pursuing to be professional athletes doesn't doesn't come that far so it's always good to think about like hey maybe you just work in sports instead like on the on the back side you can still be involved but uh yeah. last last year we're about to run out of time and i just wanted to like make sure we do like our our final challenge here and uh, i don't know if you know but we have kind of like a tradition with with all our guests that uh i have to teach a little bit norwegian so you gotta you gotta say oh a little bit. god Wow, I wasn't ready for this. Let's I know, that's, that's, the, that's the whole point. That's the whole point. Put you on the spot. Uh, yeah, so, some people say I look kind of Norwegian. You can have like a Nordic, Nordic view for sure. Nordic, yeah, yeah. Nordic look. Um, so so with the, every video we do, we always finish with Visnakis, which means see you later in Norwegian. So that's that's what you have to say. Visnakis. 
V is the first word. What's the yeah. first word? V snakis. V snakis. There you go. You know, practically Scandinavian, Norwegian. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you. Thank you so much, Kyle. And we'll uh, we'll talk very soon. Thank you, Olin. Really appreciate it. Likewise, Kyle. Have a good one.